This is Talking Business. I'm joined now by Justin Quay, who's the founder and head of product at Shrugal. G'day, Justin. Morning, Alan. How are you? Now, you started Shrugal... Back in uh, 2015, we 2015. raised our first piece of money, yes. And and what was the idea? Um, I obviously, the name Shrugal gives no clue as to what it is. Well, it's really a, 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 a shrewd and frugal, joined together by two O's. Oh, which shrewd means, and frugal, right. Yes, objective and online, so advice. In and the it's of financial that. advice online. Financial advice and related services. So financial advice meaning superannuation, investments, insurances, but then which is covered by an Australian financial services licence. This is in full flight, obviously. Yeah. Uh, and then you know, home loan assistance, which is through a credit licence. And then there's things like investment structuring advice and the state planning and so forth, which is through a legal practicing certificate in the relevant state. Um, and then there's tax advice from a, a registered tax agent. Or but at this stage, you're a mortgage broker, online that's mortgage right. that's broker, a, right? That's our first product into the market. Yeah, that's right. And the deal is that you're rebating the commissions. Yes, we are. Um, but keeping part of it. How much are you keeping? Um, we charge a fixed fee of $1,625. So we noted there were issues in the industry with um, with commission charging and so forth. So obviously Commissioner Hain has recommended that, that, that customers pay brokers a fee. We've taken it one step further to make that a fixed fee. So it's it's really transparent. Um, but does that, that fixed fee come out of the commission or does the it comes client out of have commission, to pay? Yes, so but what if it's a, a trailing commission only and nothing up front because... At the mo- uh, good question. At yeah. the moment, we've got a minimum loan of $250,000. So generally the commission for that will cover our upfront fee and provide the customer with uh, either some or no upfront commission. But there is a trailing commission as well that we rebate to consumers. We charge a $10 administration fee to manage the receipt of that and handing it back to the consumer. $10 per what? $10 per month. Right. Yeah. Okay. So um, uh, the, now you sold the business in, you started it in 2015, but you sold it in February this year, I think. That's right. To a company called Comply. Comply Fintech Solutions. That's right. So Comply is a fintech solution provider. They provide compliance software to stockbrokers and financial planners to assist them with their investment recommendations, recording all the documentation in the process. Now, I don't want to dwell on this, but I couldn't help noticing that according to the Comply balance sheet, um, uh, they paid $615,000 for the business in cash and shares. And uh, you'd actually spent, or your investors had spent $6 million building the business. So, so that's a lot of money torn up. Um, so total expenditure was about 6.2, and that was including R&D from the Australian government. So investors have put in about $4.3 million, and you're right, it's a, it's a lot of money um, invested in, in the company. It's unfortunate it got to the point that it got to, but startup is really, really hard. Yeah, so you obviously got to the point where you, were, you, know, you had to sell or you ran out of money, and the investors weren't prepared to kick in anymore, so yes. off you went to comply. So I presume that comply is... A nice home. It's the, it's the right it home for you. Comply. I've got a. They're a compliance fintech company, which is you know the same philosophy that we're at. We're, we're coming from. Um, they've got a, a a big vision for all the changes that are taking place in financial services at the moment, and they've got a shareholder base that's um, that's you know very supportive in terms of what they want to do. They're not a public company, obviously. They're they are a small public company. Oh, is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, there yeah. you are. And they're looking to list, so that's information. Oh, that's what I mean was they're not listed, so but they're a public company. Yeah, um, that's right, a public company. Yeah. Yes. So, um, so what's your what are your long term plans for Shrugal? What's the the plan is to become a a broad financial advisor? 
Is that right? Yeah, it's become a, a one-stop, um, fully connected personal finance hub for Australian mainstream consumers. Um, it's getting harder for consumers to access advice. Obviously, the Royal Commission and you know the future of financial advice legislation back in 2013 uh, highlighted a number of things. There's a few issues in the, in the industry, um, and it's about trying to find a way for consumers to access trusted advice conveniently at a fraction of the cost. I started to use it last night. Um, I got to the point of keying in my personal details and thought, now nah, I don't want to go any further, just Understand. for the matter of research. But yes. you know, what, what sort of stuff will you ask for? What what do you want people to put in? To basically, everything about themselves is that right? Oh, it depends on the module they're looking to um, seek advice from. So we're no different to any other business. We need to collect a certain amount of customer information if we're going to return with advice that's appropriate to meeting their needs. And and. Where what do you what advice do you give? What what if I put in all my details, yes. leaving aside the mortgage thing, which is fine. You, yep. you know, you recommend a loan. If it's personal, you know, personal financial advice, um, what do you actually end up with? What do you get? It depends again on what module. So we've got a number of modules we've been doing a lot of R and D on, and uh, so there's investment advice, there's advice in relation to personal insurances, there's investment structuring advice, which which relates to who should own the investment. Um, there's efficient use of your capital, there's efficient use of your income, um, there's estate planning, um, there's income tax preparation and budgeting behavioural finance. So there's, there's quite a number of different things. These modules might not make too much sense because it all emanates from the ability of breaking down um, financial advice into a process, an engineering sort of process that you can work through um, to solve the, the problem of having one advice module interacting with another advice module. That, that's really the most complicated thing about providing comprehensive, personalised financial advice. I, I, I tend to describe it like the Olympic rings. Um, someone might turn up to you and say, look, I just want advice in relation to the red ring. Um, but I'll say, well, if you want to turn the red ring, it's connected to the blue, the yellow, the green and the black ring, and they're all going to turn a little bit as well. So you have this complex analogy of trying to, how do you provide a digital solution, predominantly digital solution, that, is, that can assist customers to work through these problems that are, that are, that are you know, inextricably linked. I imagine it's difficult to come up with a, a program that does what a human being would normally do. Yes, it is. Um, but if you break it down into an engineering process, you can figure out a way to work your way through that problem, which is which is good for consumers. Are you uh, using machine learning or AI in some way? Um, well, it depends on what you call. Not machine learning, no. Um, and AI will uh, depends on what you call an you know an algorithm. Um, you well, know, <laughs> there can be very no simple idea. ones and very complicated ones, but um, we're using you know the t- traditional advice processes that work through those uh, those problems to arrive at the right outcome. Yeah, right. So, um, and was there were there any um, uh, regulatory issues that you had to deal with? I mean, was ASIC uh, welcoming of you or not? Oh, it's interesting. Um, good question. It goes back to the legislation. Um, if you uh, go into Chapter Seven of the Corporations Act, you'll see that it's advice can be provided, including by electronic means, which means that you know the ASIC is open to um, you know, advice being provided digitally. Um, and even if you look at some of the reports they're providing, the reports have been moving into the into the realm of how do you provide robo advice and so forth. So I think with ASIC back in 2011, they had a report, report 224, which said 60 to 80 percent of the adult population refused to seek advice because it's too expensive and can't be trusted. That report said that consumers were willing to pay about $300 for advice, but the industry is such that you know you've got high compliance standards. You've got to put a um, an advisor in front of the consumer. The advisor needs to be reasonably well educated and well presented. So the cost of that 
that and the compliance you know, overlay is is really expensive. So three hundred dollars doesn't really get you far when you go looking for financial advice. Hmm. So what are you going to charge for financial advice? Um, we're know? charging fixed fees, and we want to keep around the you know three, four, five hundred dollars per advice module. Yeah, right. And leverage um, off the scale that the system offers. And uh, so that, that's going to be unlike with the mortgage broking, yes. where you're just retaining a part of the commission, mm-hmm. so the person, the client doesn't ac- actually have to pay. Yes. Presumably with advice, since there are no commissions anymore, you, they're going to have to pay pay you, are they? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So nothing comes for free and, you know, we're sort of, there's a lot of effort involved in putting the business together, but what they will be paying is a significant fraction of the cost that they otherwise would be. No, I, I mean, I, I think that sounds fine. I'm not... Uh, have, don't have a problem with that. It's just that um, uh, there's quite a lot of um, what are called robo-advisors now yes. in the marketplace where they, they're offering sort of online financial advice and their business model is that they'll take your money, they'll get the money and they'll put it into ETF investments. I see. And their their idea is that you, know, you don't actually have to pay up right. front for the right. advice. They're just going to take... It's tied to the They're product. going to take the fee from yeah. the investment. I mean, I, I don't know of anyone at the moment who's got a robo-advisor that's proposing to charge. No, it's Like right. that. You'll, yeah. you'll be the first doing that. I mean, um, so that's going to be a bit scary as well, isn't it? It is a bit scary, but I think what we're looking to try to do is to transform the way that consumers access advice. At the moment, if you ask a consumer, what are you going to get if you go and looking for financial advice? I think they're getting a financial plan, which is going to plan out all of their future and um, it's kind of not like that. It's more about targeted things that the advisors can provide in relation to generating re- their revenue. They've got to feed themselves at the same time. Um, so are you saying that you won't have to provide a statement of advice, which is the oh, thing Oh, absolutely that... not. We, we f- follow all the same rules that um, any other advice business would have to follow. Yeah, right. So you'll be providing a statement of advice, which is pretty holistic. That's right. Oh, well, it depends. So we're a module-by-module approach, so it won't be put... Yeah. Not, all this information in will return with a holistic type of response. We'll put information in for certain modules to try and solve, you know, the issues you've got in relation to that. And then that information can be carried on across to other modules as well. If the, and the customer might need to put in some additional information to make up the information requirement for a different module. Well, I really wish you all the best because the industry certainly needs shaking up, Justin. Oh, thanks very much, Alan. I've been talking to Justin Quay, who's the founder and head of product at Shrugal.